Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of John chapter number 2. The book of John chapter number 2. We're going to read uh, the first 11 verses this morning. The book of John chapter number 2, reading verses 1 through 11. The Bible says that on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, well, I got slapped for that. (laughs) Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, although the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Father, I thank you for your infallible, your incredible, your miraculous word. God, your word is indeed a lamp unto our feet. It is indeed a light unto our path. Father, we thank you for what you are going to do today. We ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well, we are currently in a series called The Price. Say The Price. Everything comes with a price. Now, so far, we have talked about the price of mediocrity. We've also talked about the price of money. If you have not heard these messages, I challenge you to get online and listen to these two messages. Today, we're going to talk about the price of a miracle. The price of a miracle. What we need to understand today is this, and that is miracles don't come cheap. And miracles don't come without a price. I don't know this morning, but perhaps you are in need of a miracle today. I don't know, it could be a financial miracle that you're in need of this morning. It could be a a physical miracle today that you're in need of, a miracle in your body. Uh, It could be uh, uh, you have a need in your deteriorating marriage. I don't know, the list could go on and on and on. But the good news is this morning that Jesus is still a miracle worker. Jesus still performs miracles today. 
I believe that the one that healed blind Bartimaeus, the one that raised Lazarus from the dead, I believe that the one that fed 5,000 hungry families all you can eat fish and chips out of a little boy's Flintstones lunch pail, I believe that same one is here today. I believe he's alive and well, and I believe that he's here today to work miracles in your life as well. My purpose this morning is to raise your level of faith to believe for your miracle. I don't know, but maybe you might be thinking, I wonder if Pastor has ever experienced a miracle in his life. And the answer would be yes. And their names are Chad and Krista. You see, I have two wonderful children, even though the doctor told me that my chances of fathering a child was about one in a million. He looked at me and he said, young man, I don't want to give you any false hope. You need to begin to think about adoption because it's just simply you are not going to father a child. Chad and Krista. May I suggest today that the building that you are sitting in today and the fact that this church is still open and alive and vibrant is nothing less than a miracle. May I tell you that I have personally seen the cripple walk. I have, per- I have personally seen the blind eyes open. I, I have watched as the deaf ears have been unstopped. Uh, I, I don't know this morning what, what your need is today, but I do know, I do know that, I do know who has the supply to meet your name, your need, and his name is Jesus. Well, I want to talk a little bit today about What a miracle will cost you. Because remember, there's a price to pay. Let me suggest, first of all, a miracle will cost you some problems. See, what you need to understand is only people with problems need a miracle. Amen? Now, in our scripture for today, the setting is a wedding. Now, weddings are very special events. And especially for the bride and her mother. I always tell the couple when they're going through premarital counseling, I tell them the wedding is for the bride. The honeymoon is for the groom. And all the men said, praise the Lord. (laughs) When my daughter was planning her wedding, I I set my wife and daughter down and I said to them, I said, now I don't need to be involved in the planning of this wedding. Whatever you decide is fine with me. And I said, here's your budget. Do whatever you want to do with this money. I'll never forget, they looked at each other and winked. You see, they already knew I wasn't going to be involved in the planning. And they laughed. 
at the budget. Weddings, weddings are, are, are very special events for the bride. Oh, oh, she's dreamed of her wedding. Oh, since she was a little bitty girl when she was playing dress up and playing make believe. And anything going wrong at her wedding would absolutely crush her. In our scripture for today, Jesus is at a wedding with his mother and the unthinkable happens. The punch bowl runs dry. How embarrassing. See, only people with problems need a miracle. But the good news is our problems give God a platform to demonstrate his power. John chapter 2 and verse number 3 says, And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, said to her son, said to Jesus, Jesus, they have no wine. Mary, the mother of Jesus, notice she knew where to turn for a miracle. Mary, the mother of Jesus, notice she knew who to turn to for help. May I ask you today, you have turned here and you have turned there. You have tried this and you have tried that. Oh, I ask you this morning, why don't you turn to Jesus for your miracle? I've said you've been here, you've been there, you've heard this, you've heard that. You've tried this remedy, that remedy, some other remedy. Oh, I want to ask you this morning, have you tried Jesus? Only people with problems need a miracle. And, and our problems give God a platform to demonstrate his power. At the end of this message today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to turn your problems over to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to reach out to him for a miracle in your situation because I believe there's a miracle in the house today. I said, I believe there's a miracle in the house today. I believe the miracle worker is in the house today. And I believe if somebody would even be like the woman with the issue of blood, oh, she made her way through the crowd and she reached out and she touched the very hem of the Lord's garment. And as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, she was made whole. I believe Jesus is going to walk through the crowd today. And if you will reach out and touch him today. I believe that miracles can happen and you can have your miracle today. Jesus is in the house. We're talking about the price of a miracle. Miracles don't come cheap. They will cost you some, they'll cost you some problems and they will cost you some participation See, we need to understand this. Every miracle is preceded by an assignment. Every miracle is preceded by an assignment. Let's look and see what in this scripture, verse 5 through 8. Jesus' mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Well, there were set there six water pots of stone. I mean, oh, Jesus always starts right where he's at and right with what he has. There were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. These servants must have had some faith. They didn't just put a little water in there. They filled it all the way to the brim. 
He said to them, draw out some now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Wow, I don't think the disciples would have been quite so obedient as these servants were. Every miracle is preceded by an assignment. Listen, let me tell you that the assignment God gives us will test our faith. And the assignment God gives us will involve us. See, see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We want God to do it all for us. I mean, I mean, he's God. He can't. And so, so we, we just want God to do everything for us. We want to just sit back and fold our hands and watch God work. But I want you to know that that doesn't happen that way. God, God says, I only work after you have done everything you can do. God says, don't come to me and ask me to do something that you're able to do. Only after you do what you're able to do, only then will I do what you are unable to do. Jesus said, you fill the water pots with water. Jesus said, you present the water from the water pots. You present them as as wine to the master of the feast. You do this, Jesus said, and I'll take care of all the rest. You know, we talk about miracles being supernatural, and that's exactly what a miracle is. It's God, now hear me now, it's God adding his super to our natural. Can you imagine how scary it was for the servants to dip water out of the water pots and to present it to the, to the man in charge of the wedding and tell him that this water is wine? I asked you this morning, when did the water turn into wine? You can give your thoughts on it when you preach your sermon. I'm going to give you mine because I'm preaching when did the water turn into wine? Well, I, I believe probably not until after the servants presented it to the master of the feast. Perhaps they looked into the water pots and they still saw water. Perhaps as they took the dipper and they dipped out of the water pot and they looked into the dipper, perhaps they still saw water. And perhaps as they were presenting the dipper to the master of the wedding, the the man in charge of the wedding, perhaps it was still water. You see, God is famous for waiting till the very last second before he pulls the trigger on our miracle. I don't know this morning, but perhaps you are here. Oh, oh, and you've been waiting a long, long time for your miracle. Maybe. I don't know, but perhaps God is testing your faith. Perhaps God is testing you today to see if you are going to give up or see if you're going to keep believing. You see, miracles don't come cheap. A miracle will cost you something. It will cost you some participation. Hey, the walls of Jericho, they came down only after the children of Israel had completed their assignment of marching around the walls. 
How many times did they march around the wall, looking at the wall, expecting at least a hairline crack, but not even a hairline crack in the wall? The blind man was healed, but he was only healed after he completed his assignment. That was Jesus had made mud and placed it on his eyes. And only after he completed his assignment, his assignment was to go to the pool of Siloam and wash off the mud. And his assignment or his miracle did not happen until he had completed his assignment. 5,000 hungry families were only fed after everyone had completed the assignment that was given to them. Listen, hear me this morning. Every miracle is preceded by an assignment. Several years ago now, in another church I was pastoring, I, I, I announced Miracle Sunday. And I told the congregation that we were going to raise the money to pay off the mortgage of the church and we were going to do it all on a miracle Sunday. One In one Sunday we were going to raise enough money to pay off the mortgage of the church. Miracle Sunday. I had a man come to my office to tell me this was totally impossible. Tell me that that I had set our church up for failure and disappointment. I ought to be ashamed of myself. He said that he had taken the church directory and he had calculated what each family would have to give in order to accomplish this goal and it was absolutely, totally impossible. Don't you just love encouraging saints like this? I will tell you that if everyone gave like this man gave, it would have been impossible. <laughs> but what this man failed to understand, and what he failed to calculate was the God factor. <laughs> Remember, we were calling this Miracle Sunday. But not only did this man talk to me, God talked to me. And God said to me, if you want me to do the supernatural, you have to empty out all of your natural. I heard it as clear as I've heard anything. And God said to me, only after you empty out all of the natural, only then will I supply, supply the super. And I said, what you talking about, Willis? Every miracle is preceded by an assignment. And mine was to empty out all of my bank account. And that's exactly what my wife and I did. By the way, we've done that three times in our ministry. But that's exactly what my wife and I did. And we took this money to church with us on Miracle Sunday. And in one single Sunday, we had a financial miracle and totally paid off the mortgage on the church that we had built just a few years prior. I'm telling you this morning, God still works miracles today. But it's going to cost you something. It'll cost your participation. Every miracle is preceded by an assignment and only people who perform their assignment receive their miracle. Verses 7 through 10. They fill, Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. They filled them up to the brim. 
He said to them, draw out some now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, but you have kept the good wine until now. I ask you this morning, can you even imagine the look on these guys' faces when they saw the water turn into wine? And then to hear the overseer of the, of the wedding say uh, that this wine was far superior to the wine that they had been serving. See, here's what I know this morning, and that is Jesus always travels first class. No economy seats for him. When Jesus is in it, it's always done top shelf. He doesn't halfway do anything. Talking about the price of a miracle this morning. A miracle will cost you some problems and it will cost you some participation and it will cost you some persistence. See, the walls of Jericho didn't come down until the children of Israel marched not one day, not two days, not three days, not five days, not six days, not just seven days, but even on the seventh day, they marched around seven times on the seventh day. The walls did not come down amen, until they persevered, they persisted, they kept on keeping on. Naaman's leprosy was not cured until the seventh time he dunked himself in the Jordan. He came up after the first time. He's still leprous. The third time he looked at himself, he's still leprous. The fifth time he comes up out of the muddy Jordan, he's still leprous. Only after he did, only after he did what he was told to do, only after he fulfilled his assignment, only after he persisted in faith, only after the seventh time he came up and his leprosy was gone. Here's something we need to know this morning. That is, miracles don't always come in the package we envision. When Elisha told Naaman that, that his miracle would require dunking himself seven times in the muddy Jordan, this was not the package he thought his miracle was going to become come wrapped in. When God told Elijah to go to Zarephath and that at Zarephath he, God had arranged for him a widow that would sustain him. No doubt this poor, desperate, destitute widow was not what Elijah was expecting. No doubt he's looking for someone pulling up in a Ferrari. Rings on every finger. Miracles don't always come in the package we envision. And know this also this morning, that is miracles aren't always perfectly timed. In John chapter 11, the story is recorded about Lazarus. Now, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were family. And they were all dear friends of Jesus. The Bible said that Lazarus became very ill and his sisters sent word to their friend Jesus to come and heal him. But when Jesus got word about his friend being sick, the Bible says that Jesus delayed coming to them for two days. 
And the Bible says that when Jesus finally got to their house, Lazarus had already died and that he had been buried and was in a tomb already for four days. And the Bible says that Martha chastised Jesus by saying to Jesus, If you'd have got here earlier, our brother would not have died. He is dead. We buried him and it's all your fault because you delayed your trip. We sent you word. You knew he was sick. We said it was urgent. We said hurry and come, but you did not come. If you'd have been here earlier, our brother would not have died. But I want you to notice that even though Lazarus was already dead, although his body had already been placed in a tomb, uh, listen to me, listen to me this morning, it was still not too late for Jesus. Jesus said, roll away the stone. They said, by this time, he stinks. You really don't want to see this. We really don't want to experience this. Lord, I, I know you want to pay your last respects. Lord, I know. I know you want to see your friend. But Lord, he's been in there four days. This is not a good idea. Jesus said, roll away the stone. And they rolled away the stone. And Jesus cupped his hands and he said, Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. I'm telling you this morning, miracles aren't always perfectly timed. Miracles don't always come in the time frame we want them to come. See, God is never late, but He's seldom early. I don't know, this morning perhaps, perhaps you're here this morning and you've waited. Oh, oh you've waited such a long, long time for your miracle. I, I don't know, maybe you're here this morning and, and you're about ready to give up on the miracle that it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to take place for you. Maybe, maybe you're even here this morning and you have given up. Maybe you, you've allowed your dream to die. Maybe you've, you've allowed your hope to die. Oh, oh, listen, let me tell you this morning, that just calls for a greater miracle. Because healing Lazarus of his sickness would have been, that would have been one thing. Oh, raising him from the dead was taking the miracle to a whole other level. I'm here this morning to encourage you today to believe God for your miracle. I'm here today to tell you if you're beginning, beginning to, uh, uh, your faith is beginning to waver and wane. I'm here to t- encourage you today, amen, to, to continue to believe God for your miracle. I'm even here today to tell you that have allowed your miracle, you've allowed your hope, you've allowed your dream to die. I'm I'm here to tell you that God is able to resurrect your dream today. God is able to resurrect your hope today. And even though you have given up on your dream and you've given up on your hope and you've given up on what you wanted God to do for you, it can be resurrected today. It's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late for Jesus. I can get some help on the platform this morning, please. Who in this house today is in need of a miracle? Miracles don't come cheap. Miracles don't come without a price. 
A miracle will cost you. It'll cost you some problems. Only people with problems need a miracle. It'll cost you some participation. God's not going to do it all. You're going to have to fill the water pots. You're going to have to present the water. God has an assignment for you. He asks you to offer all of your natural, and then once you have emptied yourself of your natural, only then does he come along and add the super. And his super to our natural produces the supernatural. It's going to cost you some problems, some participation. It's going to cost you some persistence. Our takeaway today is Jesus is still a problem solver. Hebrews 13 and 8 said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And he always involves us in the process. John 2 and 5, Jesus Jesus' mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And I'm telling you what Jesus' mother said to the servants in behalf of your miracle this morning. Whatever he says to you, whatever assignment he gives to you, whatever he puts upon your heart to do, do it. He'll only show up after you fulfill the assignment given to you. Can we stand in his presence this morning? Father, I just pray that you'll take your word today. God, God, may your word build faith in the heart of the people today to believe for their miracle. God, may we hear testimonies of people who receive miracles today. Maybe they didn't come today, but in the future we will hear and we will remember. Perhaps it began or at least it was, it continued as you encouraged us through the word today.